This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping out the wrestler, the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. And thank you for listening. SocialSuperLights.com. BWB, what's up? Welcome to the June 21st edition of One Nation Radio. We are back. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Um, I guess we decided to try this wrestling thing out again, huh? <laughs> um, it, yes, we did. And it's been a up and down uh, portion since we've last started covering the product actively rather than doing a couple of the gimmick shows. Um, but uh, we have a special guest with us today. Uh, making his first appearance after a long build on One Nation Radio, Caleb Baldwin. Caleb, what's going on, man? Not much, man. I am really glad to be here. And real quick, I want to put over your podcast themes, man, because you do yours, obviously, and it's great. You do Chad's, and it's great. And you know what? I'm going to go as far to say it's you're the Sami Zayn of podcast theme song makers, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I appreciate it, man. You know, it, it, yeah, it, that, that is high praise coming from this guy. Wonderful, man. Uh, and, you know, the first time someone comes on One Nation Radio, we usually ask them to uh, talk about their favorite wrestler and tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, your history in watching wrestling. Yeah, I think you guys may know. I think you guys have a pretty good idea. But um, really, like, I've been watching since about 2002. Um, I started out as a Benoit fan and for obvious reasons, you can't really talk about him anymore. And then there was Daniel Bryan and, uh, friggin' loved him. And then I just, I saw Sami Zayn and Cesaro, their two out of three falls match. And I was like, this ginger kid, he's got something going on. And, uh, and to me, like Zayn probably fits right in that lineage. And I think it's just kind of a natural progression for me as a fan to, of course, I'm going to like this guy. Right, uh, James. You like you want to add in? Yeah, I mean, I think the first time I ever saw Sami Zayn, I mean, I had heard of El Generico, but the first time I ever saw Sami Zayn without the mask was was actually the first ever Takeover. Yep. Um. So the one where you, so you fights like I guess that was like the second or third match he had with uh with Cesaro, and um, I'm like okay, like. And then you see his rise through NXT, and you're like, okay, like, he's basically, like, the NXT version of of Daniel Bryan, where, like, he's a babyface, and he's, and he's, you know, he's climbing up the mountain, and he's trying to overcome, and eventually he gets there. And I always thought to myself, like, I don't know if it's going to work because Daniel Bryan's there, and then, his, you know, Daniel Bryan is done, and now it's like, all right, well, now they have a chance to do, you know, for another Daniel Bryan, more or less, with a, with, on a guy with a bigger frame or whatever. And... Somebody that's even more, you know, be more palatable, palatable to, you know, what we all have like learned over the years of what 
Vince and people that are, you know, the decision makers, um, what they what they want out of a guy, and then they bring him to the main roster, and they're just like, mm, yeah, okay, we're going to do everything like Daniel Bryan, even like beat you like to death <laughs> forever, <laughs> and like, and now it's like they just they just beat him and beat him and beat him, and hopefully like they think that beating him will get him over. It is like, nah, man, like. That Daniel Bryan thing where you beat somebody and they get and then they get hotter like that was like that was a fluke. There was only one guy that could that was out here overcoming bullshit like that. Yeah, man. No, I, yeah, I think you're right on that regard. But I did want to say like I have full faith, and maybe I'm being a fool in saying this. I have full faith in Road Dog and Ryan Ward and whoever the hell else is writing SmackDown that eventually Sammy's going to get to the top of the mountain over there. Uh, it may take, honestly, it may take like another two years, but I think he will eventually get there, and I will mark out. I'm sure. <laughs> All the way. A long time in wrestling. In wrestling, it, it certainly time. is. Yes. Speaking of a long time, so what have we been up to, uh, James, What have you been up to, James, in this you know in this extended hiatus that we we've been taking? Um, I did some. I mean, I did some reading, uh, like. Mostly it was about uh, following closely to watching like almost every single second of the NBA Finals yeah. uh, or the NBA Playoffs, um, you know, and then also following like the, I guess for lack of a better word, like the hot stove stuff is going on now because like now, I guess pretty much ever since the decision with LeBron, immediately after the Finals and then the draft up to free agency, like every, like that like June, July, and NBA is like it's not. That's not a like a dead period for NBA. Like, in fact, that might be like the that might be like outside of like the playoffs, the most interesting time of the year. Yeah. So, you know, it's been it's been like following this and following the, the NBA around or whatever, and then also like, you know, it was just a lot of stuff. Um, I was just overwhelmed with trying to keep up with every single thing that's going on because it's like it's hard to do, like. It's hard to like follow. How do I say this now? Like, it's hard to have multiple things going on where you're like intently like studious on. So, like, it's hard to be a person that's like up on the pod on the wrestling podcast, up on, for lack of a better word, the dirt sheets, like you know the figure four wrestlings or the or the or PW torches or whatever else. And then it's also hard to like, you know, follow around. Like on Twitter, like following around Zach Lowe and Sam Amick and and Dave McMenamin and and Woj, so like it's it's just, it's really hard. So like I made a choice, and like apparently that meant no podcast. Like we Rich, we could have did multiple podcasts on the NBA for the past few weeks. <laughs> we did one for the finals. We did one. Yep. We yeah. Did. So, but but anyway, that's but what, I that's think, what I think our Bret Hart now you know it's kind of settled down that we and now we're we're back. I think the Bret Hart wrestler uh, show we did uh, carried us, you know, for a couple weeks, and I think that was a real interesting show. So if you guys missed that one, make sure you check it out. Um, but yeah, I was like, you know, diving heavy into the music and just doing this whole thing where I'm putting out a song a week. So um, my my time was, you know, accounted for as well. Uh, but Money in the Bank, let's start there, man. Uh, Caleb, you were live there at Money in the Bank. What? What? what it was in uh, St. Louis, correct? St. Louis, yes, sir. That was a. Uh, yes, and sir. where are you located? I am located in Northeast Oklahoma, so this was about a six and a half hour drive. But luckily, I didn't have to drive it; my buddy did. So, yeah, not man. a big deal. Smart man. Plus, man, like living in Oklahoma, um, 
I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Oklahoma crowd suck. Like, they are just <laughs> dead for the most part. So, so oh. it was uh, – so I try to travel to, you know, whether it's Kansas City or Texas or, you know, what have you. I try to travel there for wrestling shows to get, uh, you know, a more energetic crowd. Right, right. And we wanted to have Caleb on today to give us that live perspective, you know, because we obviously watch the shows, like, you know, as they happen there. But live, you know, things could be a little different when you're at the show, you know. Um, let's talk about these match finishes. Uh, I feel like that's the, f- the first place that we, we have to start. Uh, I'm like, well, let's do this first. Can we give like the can we give money in the bank like a thumbs up, thumbs down or, or a letter grade? Like amongst all of us first? Sure. Before we get into that? Who, who wants to go first? I will go first with the live perspective. And granted, like I said, I have a live bias. So I'm honestly, I'm going to give it a C, like an even C, like a 75% right down the middle. Okay. okay. Yeah, I would, I would probably give it like C plus from my perspective. Um, like... Maybe it's just me, like, it's easier to be, like, when you're just not, like, in the grind of, like, just being, you know, just, I don't know, I guess dragged through mud for months, and you're kind of, like, with fresh eyes on it, like, you can deal with a bunch of fuck, it's easier to deal with a bunch of fuck finishes when you haven't been watching. All fuck finishes. Yeah, like, as opposed to, like, if I I feel like it would have been a lot different if I had been watching the month of paper, the month build, and then I got, like, a dude, like, effectively winning the money the woman's money in the bank briefcase or like the same exact finish in the championship with it for the title two months in a row of pay-per-views um so but i thought that the wrestling overall was good and that the finishes like hampered the overall quality the overall viewpoint for most people on how good the wrestling was so i, I would say c I'll go ahead and give it I like a, mind. I moved from C plus back to C. So I, I'm going to go ahead and give <laughs> I it. I think about like, oh, this is bad, bad finishes. So I'll give it a C. Uh, I was talking with Josh earlier this week, and I just really didn't like the show. Uh, I thought it was like a 5.5 out of 10 at the most. If if you really want to, you know, just catch me on a bad oh, day. F? Oh, if you want to catch me on a bad day, yes. It, you'll be a 4 out of 10. Um, just the, the amounts of... You know the all like the pl- WWE. Please help your baby faces. Every single one of them just got absolutely just run through the shitter um, on on Sunday night, and I think the finishes played like a huge role in why. You know, like there's nothing to be happy about right now as a fan. Uh, if, if you're if you're looking up and down the card, you're getting dudes walking out on matches. You're getting dudes winning the win money in the bank. It's just. You know, you got a baby face you can't really root for, Randy Orton. Um, <laughs> then you got the money in the bank happening, and, you know, they go with Baron Corbin, which we, you know, kind of saw coming. But um, it, like, like the wrestling wasn't terrible. Like, I thought the New Day and uh, the Usos actually had a very good match despite the, um, the walkout. But there was just something off to me uh, the, the whole night. It was just like, why are y'all doing this? And you could just say that up and down the card. That's that's very that's fair. fair. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. like, and that plays like what I wanted to get into about the match finishes. 
Um, we, we just saw fuckery up and down the card. Like, I don't, I, I, I could have swore we were watching like WCW sold out or NWO sold out or something. Like, this is just like, just fuck finishes every match. Just, just bullshit. Like, <laughs> bullshit on bullshit on bullshit. Did, did you guys notice that or was that just me? Oh, I noticed it immediately. Like, oh, I was, definitely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Like, there. Like, there's something to be said about, like, you know, like, you have somebody that, you you know, a heel or somebody that you don't think is, like, the inferior wrestler among, out of the two that are working in the ring, and they go over. Like, it's something to be said about, like, the difference between them just winning and then, like, yeah, you just, they just wrestled and then, like, you just put over, you know... Or you just, or, you know, or you just did like the shit that's like infuriating and like makes everybody feel like they wasted their time. And in, in a sense, this pay per view, a, a lot of it seems that now looking at where they're headed on TV, it seems like this pay per view was put together in, in the finishes in mind to actually build the TV, which is fucking backwards. Mm-hmm. But w- we'll see, because like. And pretty much when when Ellsworth actually brought down the briefcase, I thought to myself, they're gonna restart this match. Right. Like this is like this is a class this is a classic this match got seemed like it, it could have went longer. It was better than I thought it was gonna be. Like I thought that this that match was gonna be a train wreck. It turned out to be relatively decent. I was surprised some of the bumps the women took. I'm um, glad nobody tried to kill and then themselves. You get to the point, hmm? I'm glad no one tried to kill themselves. I mean, did you see the? Did you see the bruise on Tamina's arm on the Tuesday? No, nah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, like it was like the size of her entire bicep or tricep. Damn. But, um, anyway, I I just thought that I just thought that for sure they were going to restart the match, and then you see the refs arguing, and then Ellsworth takes the mic and screams, you know, screams a spiel about her winning the match fair and square, and they played her music and walked out. And as you're walking back slowly, it kept going so slow. You're thinking like they're eking it for all the all the heat they can get out of it. And eventually, like Daniel Bryan or Shane is gonna you know walk out there and be like, "Hold on, player, you know, start it back up." <laughs> they couldn't even show up to their own pay per view. <laughs> uh, Caleb, how how did this go over live when when James Ellsworth? Because we saw people. It looked like people were like cheering as he walked up the thing because somebody. He were, yeah, yeah. The crowd was into him climbing the ladder and even pulling the briefcase down. And I'm not going to complain about the finish because I was actually kind of into it too. I, I popped. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but, but why do you, like, what do you think? Okay. So normally when somebody pops over a surprise finish is because they, because their expectations got changed in, into a different direction. So where do you think they were going after that happened? Where did I think they were going? Like after he pulled the briefcase down? Yeah. Or? yeah. Oh, I, I definitely thought they were going to restart the match. I, I mean, I was surprised they didn't. I I came in really wanting Carmella to win because I feel like she's really underrated. And I actually kind of left kind of happy with with that finish, I mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like I, my, my – I'm sorry, go ahead, Rich. I was going to say um, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, um, you know, they, the video package they played before the match – um, touting this as some historical thing we're about to see, and then a man wins the money in the bank uh, briefcase essentially, and 
you know, I feel like if you want to do a story thing with that, fine. Then Carmella should have cashed in before they made the ruling. So there was Absolutely. a title change. Yes. That's what should have happened. And, yeah. you know, I've seen folks try to defend it. You know, the the, the I'll, I'll die for Vince McMahon defenders, basically. Um, shouts out to Jeremy for coining that term. Um, <laughs> but that should be the story. That's a story. Like, if the belt's already changed, what are you going to do? Are you going to strip her? Are you going to hold the title up? Are you going to have to have a tournament? Like, that's, like, somewhere you you go with it. But the fact that she, like, didn't cash it in, and then on Tuesday it seems like it took an offer to have another rematch, it's like, it feels like an opportunity wasted at this point. No, but it was an opportunity wasted. Because the opportunity was to do it on free TV because you messed up your pay-per-view. <laughs> like, that's basically what they did. Like, they did it backwards. Yeah. Like, they literally, like, delayed the payoff on the thing that people pay to actually get the payoff to put it on the thing that's supposed to build to the next pay-per-view. It's so weird. Unbelievable. Um, like, for, for me... Not watching and just being detracted or you know just detached from everything, and to see like that's opening the show, see them come out to open the show, see that they play that video package like they're you know and one of the things I do like about you know you say what you want about where we are in the Deep's Revolution on if you know we're we're heading back towards where we were before or what else or if the the brand split has messed up a lot of stuff, or there's the shakeup. I mean, mm-hmm. but one thing that that video package showed me is that like, they still are trying to present it as something that matters and is important. And you know, like I haven't been around watching, but like I mean, we were at a point before WrestleMania where they had three ongoing TV angles, pay per view angles for the women on SmackDown on a two hour show. And they were all they all had relative levels of success. None of them were just outright trash or why is this even on TV or this isn't compelling or this is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So to like basically leave off from after WrestleMania and come into this and to see that video package, it was you know in a way it was like okay they're still doing right by them. And then you see the match and I'm thinking like ooh Tamina's in this match. Carmella's in this match, ladders, dangerous high high falls. Like somebody could blow an ACL out easily. You know, somebody can mess around and, you know Not and, come back. And, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, so, yeah, pretty much. Somebody could really get hurt or something, you know. Um I, and they work really hard and then you get to that and you're just like, oh wow, what a what a F you. What an F you. And when I saw the crowd was chanting for Ellsworth, I thought, you know, I thought like Oh, he's about to take a bump. Right. Like, he's going to climb over the ladder, and somebody's going to push him off, and he's going to fall, you know, to the abyss. Um, let's 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 switch it up and talk about uh, the the male Money in the Bank. Um, Baron Corbin was the winner of Money in the Bank, and it seems like a long time coming. Uh, with that, they uh, what did you first? What did you guys think of of the Money in the Bank match? Caleb, Caleb, we'll start with you. Um, very awesome. I feel like all six guys got a lot of shine. I feel like no one really came out of that looking weak, in my opinion. I was very impressed by the match. Um, disagreed with the winner. I probably would have gone gone either with Kevin Owens or, of course, Sami Zayn. But I again, I, I really love the match, so I can't complain in that regard. 
uh, I want to say Sami Zayn, I thought it was like kind of a star making performance once again. Uh, if you look at all the cool stuff that happened in the match, Sami Zayn was like in 90% of it. Uh, he was just, just doing like ridiculous stuff. Like just saying, Hey, I'm not in the main event often. I'm going to show y'all what time it is. And I think, you know, I was, I was rooting for Zayn to win because it, especially with that show, all those heels, going over ridiculously bad why not send the people home happy why not have Sami Zayn with the briefcase you know and worst comes to worst you, you turn him into Daniel Bryan with the briefcase you know where he cashes it in and then he loses his goddamn mind at, at, at that point that he's the champion but um yeah James what'd you think of this match I thought the match was great um looking at it and seeing where we are at this time of the year and, you know, some of the stuff we got inside the match, I thought, okay, we're going to probably get Nakamura versus AJ sometime soon, probably SummerSlam as a, you know, as a, as a top match on SmackDown for the SummerSlam card. Um, I was thinking to myself, Kevin Owens is sort of above the Money in the Bank briefcase at this point. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of the, he's one of the, you know, handful of guys that are, not, not you know, over thirty five that are like that dude is going to be with the company and be in main events for the next you know four or five six years whatever. Um, Nakamura seems like he's too new to even have it because you're still trying to push him as a special attraction guy. Now you have him with a match. Now you and then you hand him, you stick him with a briefcase while he's trying to dance like it like somebody that smokes rocks. <laughs> um, doesn't really it doesn't it doesn't really work. Uh, Ziggler, no. So uh, for me, it was AJ. He's above the he's above that at this point. Like, you know, I mean, obviously, obviously, he did the whole thing about yes, yeah, Cena can come in and ask for a title shot, but I just got to fight for mine. But like, you know, he's still he's still the guy on the on the on the brand. So I'm thinking to myself, it's between either um, Corbin, who in a weird way should have. Given the way that they built him over the or since the brand split in the draft, he should be the guy that's in the Maharaja spot right now, and this should probably be where uh, I'm blanking his name, so I'm calling the Maharaja again. Yeah, that's where Jinder he should Mahal. be right now in the Money yeah. Bank. We'll get to him. Very memorable WWE champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Jinder Mahal. So he. Uh, so it's either Zayn or Corbin in you know. They love them some hills right now, so yeah. they won't be the hill. Yep. Uh, kind of, you know, uh, Baron Corbin needs to cut his fucking hair. Uh, it's, and I'm going to piggyback off what Chad was talking about. That shit looks awful. Like, that shit on his head got some shit on his head. Like, it's. Finish Shell <laughs> referred to it on the podcast as a skullet. I died laughing. Yes. Uh, what up, Dave? Um, <laughs> yeah, that shit was great. Um, the. Um, uh, what I want to ask you guys, I'm now looking forward with Corbin with that briefcase. Like, is this going to lead into a Nakamura feud? Do you think? Like, what, what's going on? You know, the 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 prospects of Baron Corbin WWE champion. It can't be any worse than Jinder Mahal, can it? Surely not. Um, if if you'll give me a minute, I think I have the title trajectory mapped down to a T from here until WrestleMania. All righty, let's feeling, hear. It. Okay. I'm honestly, I'm thinking Cena's going to win it at SummerSlam. I keep hearing that rumor, and I I can't go against it right now. And then I fully expect Corbin to cash in 
very soon, maybe even the same night. So let's say from September to January, I have him carrying the title and losing it to AJ Styles and AJ Styles defends against Nakamura in that match we had teased um, Sunday at the pay-per-view. And I fully expect Nakamura to walk out of WrestleMania as champion. Now, with this being Vince's company, I could be completely <laughs> off base in this, but I'm just saying I, I fully I could see that happening. Oh, you think man. they could keep Nakamura and AJ Styles away from each other for what another? Jeez, that's why they're both babyfaces. Eight months. That's why they're both babyfaces. Eight months. I. It's not impossible. I mean. Whatever feud they're going to put them in in place of that, I'm you know not necessarily a fan of just because, and eh, you know, I really want to see those guys go at it. But, I mean, you know, that's why you saved that for WrestleMania. You're going to be real blown when they make them boys a tag team the second half of the year and make them the tag team champions or something to make sure they don't wrestle <laughs> against each other. <laughs> you heard it here first. With Cena coming back, that, that title's going to be tied up. It's going to be like, man, what can we do with these dudes? Fuck it. Make them a tag team. Yeah. All right, I've got this written down. Yeah. <laughs> Book it. <laughs> um let's see. Uh I guess we can we can oh yeah, we gotta talk about uh Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton. Um with that match, uh we had a very similar finish, uh as opposed to last month. Um I came out By of this similar you mean identical? Correct. By uh, similar finish do you mean exact carbon copy of a match? You got it. Um, you know, in the thing I took away from this match, I want to see Randy Orton versus the Singh brothers next month, like on pay-per-view, personally, like in a handicap match. You know, no rules, let them go at it, because the Singh brothers have all the juice right now. Those guys are awesome. They know the their South role. Asian J and J security. Yes, yes. They, they know exactly what to do. They're small, they're bump machines. Those guys, like, with Randy Orton getting RKO'd and thrown over stuff, awesome. Now... Back to the Maharaja and uh, Randy Orton in this match. James, you you want to say something? Yeah, I think that like if they really if they really want to do this, then like let them like feud with Breezango. They can't wrestle until Jinder loses the title, or else it'll it'll weaken the act. I feel like why? Because if they're out there getting, I mean, they can they can get whooped on, you know, and all that, but they don't need to be taking pins. Agree. Gender hasn't lost a match since April, so yeah, I, I wouldn't you know mess with that act until then. Well, yeah, what does that put his total record uh, to since he came back to WWE? Shit. Well, he's, <laughs> he is up from seven percent wins to eight percent wins, so good for him. Wow. <laughs> um, so I went ahead. I gave this match a three out of five rating. I felt like that's more than fair uh, for seeing the relatively same match. I thought it was slightly better. Uh, I gave the first match they had a two point seven five out of five. So congrats to Jordan Mahal breaking three stars as the WWE champion. Um, but, um, you know, I, I've heard praise for the psychology in the match and all that. I'm going to talk to you guys. What did you guys uh, think about this match? And Caleb, de- definitely like being there live reacting in person to that. Okay. Well, me personally, I am not a gender Mahal fan that has been established. However, I will admit the crowd was into it. The cr- at least, okay. Put, let me put it this way. The crowd was into his entrance. The crowd was into the uh, beatdown on the sinks and the crowd was into the finish of the match. You know, the rest holds in between. 
not so much, but the crowd was into it. I personally wasn't. I was actually sitting down the whole time because I don't really care for Orton or gender, but the crowd was very much involved in most of the presentation. James? Yeah, um, I thought he had a really good entrance. I thought that um, the crowd really loved Orton. I mean, that ha- it's, it, that happens with Orton every time they go to St. Louis. Um, they're like super duper hot for him. I mean, obviously, you know, this dude's been a superstar for over a decade. Um, but I, it's sort of weird to me that, I mean, that like Orton and the, and him, they've had a pretty much a old school type of heel, heel, I'm sorry. How do I say opportunistic heel? Um, that clearly has no chance of being somebody one-on-one main event title match for pay-per-view. Like, that was a match that was straight out of, I don't know, let's say 19, like something out of 20 years ago, that match. Um, it was, it, I, I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, I think it's the best match I ever, or not, I think, I know it's the best match I've ever seen gender in. Um, I thought gender was competent. Um, I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was necessarily good. I thought he was competent. I thought he did it. I thought technically he was he did his job very uh, pretty well. Um, he didn't he didn't kill him. Uh, and I and I thought it was pretty much a safe match. Like and I think it was interesting that um, Orton didn't like you know almost kill one of the Singh brothers this time around. It was almost like he adjusted for the fact that like oh yeah I'm not throwing around a 250 pound guy this time. I'm throwing around. A dude that like weighs 160, so he's like, you know, he just drops him nicely. Uh, but you know, I thought they did a good job. I thought that the involvement of of um of the the or the, the you know the him, like the whole involving the uh, Cowboy Bob Orton and and everything. I thought that played into the match as well. I thought from a you know how do you call it uh, smoke and mirrors match. To get a, to add to it, like I thought that was good storytelling. I mean, and I mean, I can't really, you know, aside from wishing that it wasn't the same exact finish, I thought it was pretty. I thought it was an entertaining match, and it was a quality match. I like, I, I can't like, I think if you're if you're complaining about this match, other than saying like, oh, it's the same exact finish, like any other critique of it is just like nitpicking or hating. Mm-hmm. Be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's see what else we got going on on there. Uh, I guess we can get to Raw. Um, Big Cass turned on Enzo Amore, and it is glory to Big Cass. He finally dropped that bum, that loser, that cultural appropriator, anything else you want to throw at Enzo Amore (laughs) besides Cass's feet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and uh, real quick, I want to say, that to me, that segment, the end of that segment, the tail end, when we knew Cass was the guy doing these attacks the whole time, that is proof that predictable is not necessarily always bad because we kind of knew this from Jump Street. We kind of figured this out after about week two, and even still, that execution was awesome. That promo Cass cut was awesome, and you and we know like Cass and Enzo, they're best friends in real life, but. What he was saying, it didn't feel like it was scripted. You got the character motivation. I can't put over this promo enough, man. I loved it. Right. Same here. 
it, James? And it also helps that, like, Enzo cried. Absolutely. Yes. Enzo Cass looked like he was about to cry. <laughs> it did. Like, it looked like, like people were like, like, like there was good emotion there and, that, and all that, but he can't take that forward. Like, that, that, is going to stand like in its own like like we saw it once now him going forward as a heel he has to come with something completely different you know i'm fully expecting him to show up in a suit on monday you know i like you know this is how you know a champion should be dressed and whatever he's gonna do but um just for that segment it was like you saw enzo morris it was like the shield turn in slow motion it's because everyone was like oh my god like it, you know how Rollins hit him just like that. Like this was like, wow, it's over. And it's then, like if Ambrose had to stare at Rollins for like five minutes after he hit Roman. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he hit Roman Reigns and, and just and just stood right there, like you're next. Like <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts about the entire uh, uh, Seth Rollins like backstabbing was the fact that. He hits Roman with one chair shot, and he, and just Roman just crumples to the floor like a like a piece of like trash on the ground. And then they show that they show Ambrose. Ambrose is like this completely like just flummoxed in floor. Like how this is like it looked like he was trying to divide like two thousand and eight by thirteen. And then like he he's looking up and down. He's looking at Orton. I'm sorry. He's looking at Roman, and then he's looking at at Seth. And he looks at Orton. I'm sorry, Roman again. He looks at Seth like. So, like, when you say it looks like him just looking like that for five minutes, like. <laughs> you have no idea how funny it is to me. But, but, yeah, like, I think. I think it's in, in, one source, in one sort of way, like. Like, you, you could, like, rewatch. When, um, when Sean sent. When Sean Michael sent Janetti flying through that glass plate window. When Janetti was trying to escape him, right, uh, uh, and like you can be like, <laughs> it was at this like right as the glass is about to shatter, you're like, it was, you can stop it and be like, it was at this precise moment that Marty Janetti's career was over. Wow! And like <laughs> the second that he threw that big boot up, uh, like he sticks his foot up to kick uh, Enzo in the face, you're like. It was at this precise moment that Enzo Amore's career was finished. Like, dude, <laughs> he is done. Like, you know, you know they hate managers. Oh my gosh! All right, I'm gonna throw like, this out there just because I've seen it in some other places. Is he gonna tag with Big Show? Two oh five live. Throw him over there. I mean, I think he'd be entertaining with Noam Dar personally. I've seen people advocate for him to fight Neville. I think that's absolutely absurd, um, especially with Tazawa, Alexander, and Metalik waiting in the wings. You don't need to do that. You can just make him entertaining in that goofy secondary storyline. Throw him into the Alicia Fox mess if you want. Um, but what do you what do you do? You think there's any prospects there? Uh, whoever wants to take that, go ahead, Caleb. Man, I I wouldn't mind Neville or pardon me Enzo on two hundred five live. Um, not, not as a title challenger, but uh, probably as just a jobber to heels on their way up. James, but my thing is like it, you've been waiting the, the for this day. Jobber to heels. 
the kind of heel jobber he's gonna have to be, or jobber the heels he's gonna have to be is like he's gonna be the baby face and like doesn't even ever get a comeback in. Like he just gets roadhoused. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's one thing to be Sami Zayn and like you get to be in the LeBron Strowman and like you know in a can you last five minute match and then at the end like it like it looks like you can actually put him away in one of the matches like. He's never in any of that. And then the worst part about this whole uh, turn is there's no there's no like viable feud to even be had between those two because like who the hell would actually want to see Enzo Mori versus Big Cass? Big Cass? Yeah, it's like so, Big like, Cass should squash him. Like it, it, it's so weird to have somebody that's that good of a promo all of a sudden like literally turn into Ellsworth in like the span of like five minutes. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, no, you be like, I, they get, like they just ended this. They literally. I'm, I mean, I mean, you know, we give him a whole bunch of shit, but like, we know that dude as a talker. Like, I just have no faith, like, that they can actually see that his talent as a talker and like utilize that by having him be a manager for somebody. I feel like he's gonna be done. Mm-hmm. Like, he better learn how. He better learn how to like do commentary. Color commentary. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, he now makes the rules. Oh, 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 quick question. Because, okay. like, is there any main roster male that's the worst? Uh, that's the worst in the ring. That's worse in the ring. To Enzo. Full time. I mean, we just did the Bret Hart wrestler show. Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. You know, I. Not that I can think of off the top of my head, Caleb. You got anybody in mind? Any idea? I mean, at a time you could have made an argument for gender, but now I think that's that argument's out of the window. So he cannot have he yeah like Enzo could never have had to match it uh, that that uh, gender has had. And the thing, that was the crazy, <laughs> and that was the main thing about about gender was like when you know I think I think from a reasonable perspective you could say that I don't understand why they're doing this gender thing because they've never even like we've never even seen if he could even do this. Mm-hmm. But at least now we've seen enough to be like, all right, well, he can do this for a couple more months. I, mean, I sure gotta, hope not. You got to you know. do some, wrap some stuff around him with some, you know, you can't just have him go out there and just literally say, hey, and just roll the ball out with him. But at the same time, like, if you do a few things here and there and utilize, you know, storytelling well, you can get by. You couldn't do that with Enzo. No, no. He, he's in trouble. Um, yeah. The we've got Brock Lesnar versus uh, Samoa Joe on deck, but I want to talk about Roman Reigns first. Roman Reigns now makes the rules. Uh, he has never been defeated one on one. Apparently, he is <laughs> completely unbeatable by anybody. Uh, who wrote this fucking promo? So somebody that thought he was a a heel instead of a babyface. Really confusing. That's yeah. I was gonna say like if. This promo would make a lot more sense if Roma Roman weren't so bipolar since WrestleMania. I mean, you if you isolate this, this was a good promo and this, you know, showed you like the charismatic and the the cocky prick that Roman can be at times and you're like, "Okay, I, I get this guy." But, you know, like I said, add in the fact that the dude's been pretty much bipolar since WrestleMania and it's kind of baffling. 
Uh, and it ended up setting up a match with Samoa Joe for later that night, which ultimately brought back uh, Braun Strowman, who was not finished with Roman Reigns, who will never be finished with Roman Reigns. Um, how how big of it is a deal to get Braun Strowman back right now? It, his absence, I feel like, was a major hole in Monday Night Raw. Absolutely huge addition to, to, for him to come back to Raw. Yeah, I, I think that as you know. At worst, he was, I mean, I guess at worst for the show, you have to say he's what? They're, I mean, on a full-time level, he was their number two act, right? Yeah. I feel so, like you have to say that. I mean, yeah, I mean, given that, you know, they, they you know, they weren't really doing much with as, with as much with Joe as they should have, you know, after WrestleMania. Um, Seth was still, you know, doing the whole selling thing for however long he was doing with the knee. Uh, you know, Miz. You know, they're never gonna let Miz, give the ball to Miz fully. You know, they're they're, they're always gonna keep him that that you know that secondary title, you know, mid upper mid card thing. But he's never gonna be in like the main event. Like he's always gonna be like second or third, most likely third. Right. Um, most important thing on the show. So, you know, the Ambrose. You know, they're trying to they're they're, they're in the process of rehabilitating him after you know whatever the hell they they were trying to do with him the last four months or whatever. So, um, yeah, like it was a breath of fresh air watching, uh, Braun Strowman, uh, you know, over that time beat the living hell out of, uh, Roman Reigns. And, you know, now that it's back, you know, it's home. You might, I don't know. I don't know how he tops, you know, flipping over an ambulance truck, but we'll see. Yeah. Maybe, not... maybe he starts, you know, maybe he starts flipping over aircraft carriers. I don't know. Like maybe maybe he throws Roman Reigns through the roof how John Cena did Ryback. <laughs> that shit was legendary. Yeah. Um the the Miz, you just uh, previously spoke on him. The Miz got some goons uh in Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, who kinda has a little bit of a different look. Um whoa. Any should should we be making note of this because they're kind of erasing Maurice, you know, from the thing when I think Miz and Maurice was like the best thing going for both of them uh, to make way for the Mike and Maria Canellas thing. Uh, I wouldn't mess with that act. Would you guys? Or do you see this um, like as actual, a positive thing, like bringing uh, you know changing Miz up a little bit, give him a different dynamic? Actually, yeah, I would. I feel like this has the potential, even though, you know, he's got goons and they are goons for sure. And, you know, Axel and Bo, this could make him like a little bit more of a darker character. Whereas like, you know, before with Maurice, he's just kind of a douche with a hot wife. Now he could, you know, feel like a legitimately like a bad guy. In my opinion, I could see that happening. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's true. And also, I mean, my, I guess my take is like, well, I mean, we sort of saw him with like the Spirit Squad with Ziggler, so it's like he had goons before. Um, like you can also have the wife, like maybe you know, and you brought the Maria Canellas thing. Like maybe they're looking at it as like, well, we can't have Miz with a, a hot wife that's a, that's like a shield for him, um, physically and verbally, and also two goons that'll make him look like Triple H and the Authority. <laughs> <laughs> right so um i think that i think that is a nice change of pace you know you can always come back to maurice later and ultimately like miz took off 
um, again in his career with with Maurice around. So like, it's only a matter of time before they realize like that is the the winning formula to make this whole thing work. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, you got to look at this this storyline and like I don't know how. I mean, at least from my perspective, watching on at least on Monday. Like, I don't know how Miz is the heel and Ambrose is the face. Like, this is, it has a lot of similarities to, like, the the Roman Reigns and Rusev thing last summer, where it's like, hey, man, like, you come out, you mess with me, you do stuff to my wife, my wife gets mad at me, what did I do here? Mm-hmm. Well, so, WWE babyfaces, all geeks, all losers, all chumps, except Roman Reigns. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, SmackDown. Um, now, I, I'm going to uh, defer to you gentlemen uh, on SmackDown because I missed SmackDown this week. Uh, but I see they did have a match between Nakamura and Ziggler, and there was also a main event match with Jinder Mahal and, uh, and uh, Luke Harper, who appeared as well as Chad Gable and Kevin Owens. How was this show? Very interesting. Um, I feel like they got as many people on this as they, you know, as as they could. I feel like, you know, maybe AJ Styles and maybe Sami Zayn were banged up. So that's why they were left out of the ring, possibly. But in that in their absence, that made room for guys like Chad Gable. Um, I do have a I do have a beef with um, Nakamura and Ziggler going for what felt like forever, you know, I had heard rumors like, you know, Ziggler is not going to be back for a while. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. If it is, then I understand it. But, you know, if he's just gone for a little bit, like, you know, you just spent like 10 extra minutes on a match, you know, when you could have had maybe like I know everyone loves Ty Dillinger, for example, or, you know, like an Aiden English on the show. But, you know, even still, you got a lot of people on there. And in that regard, I'm not really going to complain. Yeah, I thought that. Um, all the and this is like a real a, a pretty good week of TV television or uh, of TV television. That's redundant of, of wrestling television. Wrestling. Um, of matches in the ring for WWE. Like uh, one thing that I forgot to mention was like before Braun Strowman came out, Roman Reigns Samoa Joe was really really good, really good. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought even saying that, I thought the best match on TV this week was. Nakamura Ziggler um I thought that that was like the match that people wanted to see uh Nakamura have in his debut match mm-hmm. in Chicago but it, it, they didn't get it for whatever reason um and I, and also you know from the Chad Gable Kevin Owens thing it was you know obviously he's not a it's sort of like reminding me of when to extend the feud and they didn't want the guys to touch. They they brought out um, Ellsworth to fight AJ, except this time they, they used a, a hokey, a fraudulent open challenge. And then Gable comes out and then Gable has this match where, you know, he showcases a little bit, but he ultimately he, he loses relatively with ease. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty much like, AJ's egging uh, Kevin Owens on to you know to wrestle, and you know Kevin Owens' own ego gets in the way, and he actually wrestles this dude. And then like either way, AJ's winning because like that dude's fighting um, a match that he has no business even being in. Mm-hmm. 
but I, I but I did enjoy that match. And I mean, there was a there was a crazy, there was a beautiful moonsault in that match. Um, he did the roll up uh, German soup, the rolling suplex thing with him. It like he like Gable showcased himself pretty well in that short amount of time he had. That's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely, and big ups to Chad Gable. I mean, he had just moved that morning to a completely different city, and you saw the match he had, so I was impressed in that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, let me see what else we had here. Um, I want to talk about uh, WWE 2K18 and the cover man, uh, Mr. Seth Rollins, becoming the first uh, non-John Cena full-time guy to get the cover since 2013 with CM Punk. Um, and there wasn't as much outrage this year. Um, for for obvious reasons, um, <laughs> you have a puzzle. Daniel Bryan never got the cover. Nope, he was the alternate uh, cover uh, on the one that uh, the Rock yes. was. Okay. So you know, I turned mine into the Daniel Bryan one. So I did as well. Yeah, the Rock was on the cover, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So like last year, it was Brock Lesnar. Year before that, Stone Cold. Year before that, John Cena. Year before that, Rock, then CM Punk, Orton, uh, 2010, they do that whole Smack Numbers yeah, Raw that deal. That was a different game, yeah. Uh, and know, I'm, I'm sort of surprised that they didn't go, you know, I'm sort of surprised they didn't do, like, you know, Undertaker edition or whatever. They'll probably do an Undertaker they, edition, oh. like, as far as, like, a, like a pre-order Legends thing or something. But I feel like they've done a bunch of Undertaker ones recently. Like where they were giving out like little coffins to put the game in and you know stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah, I was kind of surprised they didn't do an ensemble cast this year. Like maybe like three guys from Raw and three guys from SmackDown. Do the sh- no, like if they were gonna do that, they would have just put the Shield out there. Yes, they would have. Uh, what like, do you guys, what well, do you guys I, make of Rollins getting it over like a AJ Styles or even a Nakamura or uh, anyone else on that? That well, didn't Nakamura- shock me. Yeah, Nakamura hasn't been around enough. Um, AJ, even though he had one of the greatest like single years in in WWE history, um, he still you know how they are when, with the whole if he's one of our guys type of thing. So <laughs> they're always going to be weird like that. Um, oh, even though AJ is obviously more over than 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 uh, Seth is at this point in time, but I, I really do find it funny that like Seth got it over Roman. Exactly, I was going to say the same thing. And yeah, I feel like that was calculated. Had had Roman Reigns camp been on that cover, people would have been outraged. I also want to ask this about Reigns. I thought about this this week. It's been a full year since Reigns is even like sniff like or a full year since he was the WWE champion. If he were to win the title right now, do you think it's it's finally okay for him to just win the title and people can just live with it, or no? Is it will it always just be there? Right now is not the time, no, for them to for people to just be okay with it. I feel like maybe even by WrestleMania next year, people will finally be okay with it, which, you know, good for WWE because, you know, rumor has it, that's the plan. It only took you four extra years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of the like, biggest push ever. Like, for, for me, it's like, yeah, for me, like, I don't even really, like, care because one like that's not the same belt and two uh, like at this point like 
Like, let him be champion. Let him get his 300 and some odd days as champion or 400 days, however long you want to do, and, like, get rid of, like, probably be 400 some odd days to get rid of the Roman or the, uh, the, the CM Punk modern day era thing, but whatever. But, like, let him go ahead and do that so we can get it out of the way so we can, like, go move on and, like, find somebody new because clearly, like, this has not worked. Like, uh. and, like, there's nothing wrong with the dude. Like, we, you know, we talked about, um, we talked about gender and we talked about Corbin on SmackDown. And, like, I wish, like, those dudes were either half as talented as Roman was in the ring. But, like, it's clear that, like, your fans don't want him. And he's not, like, it is not like he's Cena where, you know, he's actually any, he's actually, like, a completely, like, other level from everybody else as far as being at the top of the card. So, Either turn him heel or, or at the end of this experiment, or get or at least do it and get it over with. Like so, you can finally say like, there's no excuse. There's no oh, you know, he got hurt or oh, he got popped for PED, so we got to give him another chance, even though we would never give anybody else any other chance if he wasn't Roman Reigns and get popped for PEDs, or unless he was Randy Orton, of course. But like, it's time to get the ball rolling on this because like. When I heard the rumors that they might actually pivot into Roman Reigns versus Brian Lesnar, my first thought was like, "Thank God they can do this and get it over with, so we don't have to go and go into WrestleMania doing and, and do this again." Correct. Am I the only one that felt that way? I wanted them to do it the night after WrestleMania. <laughs> Same here. And yeah. Get it out of the way, but like, yup, you got all that heat from from him retiring the Undertaker. Uh, give him the fucking world title and get Brock out of the way and, and, and figure out what you're going to do with him after. But they would have had, like, I, I feel like that would have been massive. But uh, back to the cover thing, like, I had an idea, like, you know, just for just to help WWE out. You know, they're, they, they've mailed, it feels like they've mailed in these, these last couple months and, you know, what's going to be leading up in the SummerSlam. I feel like there's such a missed opportunity with this cover. You know, like when the, the Madden games come out, they do the things where fans vote, you know, on who the cover guy is going to be. Now, WWE clearly wants Seth Rollins to be the cover guy, right? Now, James and yeah. Caleb, I want to ask you guys, what tournament was around during this time of the year when we were growing up? King of the Ring. Yes, King of the Ring. King of the Ring. Now, um, perfect time. Of, it's the perfect time of the year to do it. It's before SummerSlam, after WrestleMania. You're kind of looking for things to do. Why not make this like a tournament between, you know, the Raw guys and the SmackDown guys and the winner is the guy that gets to cover at SummerSlam. It's like the guy, they have a tournament on Raw, they have a tournament on SmackDown, the two winners, you put them together, and it's like a storyline you can have every year that you get the dude on the cover that you want, essentially. Just something to do. That's actually, that is a great idea. It's a good time passer, and I, I got no beef with it. It's another accolade to, you know, Another kayfabe accolade to add on there with the Andre and the Money in the Bank and all of them. So I've got no problem with it. And it's it's like it's essentially your new king of the ring. James, what'd you think about that? Yeah, I just don't know if the stakes, you know, kayfabe wise are high enough. Like these dudes are gonna put more mileage on their bodies and, and, and whatnot just to be on a cover of a thing. Like, you're gonna have to be something else like Maybe a title shot at like Survivor Series or, um, 
maybe you say for kayfabe is it, they make you know a hundred thousand dollars for winning or something like that maybe <laughs> or they or they get you know they're, they're they're they become the immediate number one contender after SummerSlam, you know something like that or you know um i feel like a tournament will make perfect sense it's just like they got rid of a tournament even though they, there was no reason for them to ever get rid of it right and like you know just like caleb said you know you fight for accolades and, and awards and trophy and recognition, like in theory. So like, that's why King of the Ring always made sense. Where like, it's just it's just simple. You throw out a tournament, and you know, based off of who wins, who loses, who screws each other out of out of um that are you know who screws each other because they're a sore loser and got beat in the earlier round, and they spring and that sprawls off into a media storyline for the future. Like that's just easy storyline um stuff. And they basically said nah. That's too easy. Let's get rid of the stuff that actually can make some, you know, can give us actual storylines. So, I, I don't know. Um, you know, if you ask me, like, wh- what would you rather see? Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Like, will you guys, if you had to choose between them bringing back King of the Ring and putting it in November and replacing Survivor Series or keeping Survivor Series, what would you vote in favor of? I think I keep Survivor Series just because of the tradition. And when they do the team stuff the right way, I feel like it has a higher ceiling than that. Uh, you can look no further than last year's Survivor Series match or the 2014 Survivor Series match. The problem is it's, like, few and far between. Yeah, I've I've got no problem with them keeping Survivor Series. Um, like, like Richard said, it's been around for 30 years now. So it's got that history to it. Um, I would honestly, I would probably maybe put King of the Ring in May, example, if we wanted to bring King of the Ring back. Because mm-hmm. that bridges right. the gap between WrestleMania and SummerSlam. Like my whole thing is like, if like once you get past survive, once you get past SummerSlam, like you are running smack into football season and you're running to all these issues that come with like down raises on Monday night football or whatever, or, or just people being drained from the Sunday of football or the weekend of football. And then like trying to come up with something besides like have guys like fighting hell in a cell and kill and nearly kill each other. Um, just to get to survivor series. So it's like, if, if they're going to do it, like they should bring back King of the Ring just for storyline purposes and like and get it away from because we have money in the bank before SummerSlam. Like you can't have that many like storyline devices of like you get an accolade, which means they can go towards possibly like impl- like title stakes like that close to each other that bunched up together. So it's like less, you know, maybe that's the reason why they actually got rid of King of the Ring. And if that is the case, like they just move it to. Like moving into the third quarter of the year or the fourth quarter of the year. Alrighty. Um, off topic, I just got a notification. Um, the hottest feud in wrestling this year has not been in WWE, has not been in New Japan. It has clearly <laughs> been Jim Cornette versus Vince Russo. Apparently, Jim Russo just tweeted, or excuse me, Jim Cornette just tweeted a. Order of protection that was filed by Vince Russo on <laughs> June 16, 2017. Uh, so this has jumped to another level, James. Uh, <laughs> so this is an order live 
showed up on showed up on the radio station saying that like the order of protection didn't have orders of protection out against them and stuff. Yes. You guys want to hear? You, you guys want to hear something really funny? Oh my gosh! Yes, always. Okay, so as you guys know, I was at the Pritchard Show in St. Louis this weekend, and he had challenged uh, Vince Russo to a fight. So this guy comes out here. And, okay, never mind that the first 10 minutes of this live show was him just burying Vince Russo. To know, him and Conrad burying Vince Russo. <laughs> I to love know Conrad. Him. He comes out here. He comes out here not only in a gi, but he's wearing a tie-dye gi. He's ready for a fight because he knows Vince Russo is going to be here. And he has his wrist tape. And on that tape is the, uh, is the word bro. Wow. He's ready for a fight. And this is Pritchard. Pritchard show, yes. Wow, unbelievable. What have, what have you guys made of this whole um, this whole drama between the, those two guys? <laughs> I mean, it's a good way for them both to get their name out there in a time when they've been virtually irrelevant. But that's really about all I've made of it, you know. Like. <sighs> There are certain people that are like this to where, like, no matter what, like, they'll always be compelling to me. And at this point, like, like, I don't know, like, how tame a, a institution or person will have to be or or, or well-liked or respectable or, or, or just perfect or a shining example of, um, of all that's right and, and restores our faith in humanity that, like, I wouldn't want, like, Cornette to take a flamethrower, too, just because I know it would be entertaining as hell. Like, if, like, I would watch a a 10-minute shoot video of Cornette tearing down the Red Cross. Like, I would do that. Like, I would, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like he's that dude for me. Just like, you know, I don't, if that dude, like, said, I'm going to take off on, like, you give me a subject and I will spend five minutes taking off on it just because, Cornette's probably my first overall pick. So, like, it don't matter who gets it as long as they get it, as far as I'm concerned. Like, yes. you know, these bullets ain't got no names on them, and, you know, he loves shooting at, at, at Russo. So, you know, whatever. Something about Russo Cornette's fires him up. And you mentioned the Red Cross, and Cornette's the kind of guy that would. I mean, I, you've probably seen the video of him shooting on the lady at Dairy Queen. Oh my god! Freaking hilarious, dude! He got out. The, he got out the van to cuss her out. Oh, yes, he did. He did. Jer- and Jericho egged it on too, and it was hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah. man! Uh, yeah, I, I, I really, you know, people were talking about Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, Brett Lesnar versus Samoa Joe. I want to see Jim Cornette versus Vince Russo in the cage. But, and that's one of the best parts about like. The Cornet thing is like Cornet's like I don't want to make a I don't, I'm not trying to spoof this up like it like it's actually a work or whatever or you know we're you gonna catch us at the fairground one of these days It's like give me a time a place um and I will meet you there no cameras no guns no knives and like the best part is like he hates that man so much he's like yeah he says it on tape he's like yeah nope. Give me the address. I'll meet you there. No guns, no knives. I'll come with five thousand dollars on me, and let's see if you're met. And, you, and if you can take it from me, you can have it. And and then he goes on to say, "Like, I'll let you know right now. I'm bringing a baseball bat with me. I'm gonna knock your damn head off." <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Bro, like Cornette's just 
the best, man. Yep. He's just the best. Yes, and unlike Mayweather McGregor, McGregor, I would pay $100 on pay-per-view to see that fight. Oh, my God. Yes. I don't know what I would pay, but I know I, I, would, know I would spend money to see, those, to see those two, you know, middle-aged old guys, like, go at it. Like, yep. especially, like, the best part is, like, Russo is, like, literally is scared of that dude. And it's like, Cornette oh, is old and injured. Yep. Like, Come King on, him man. in the knee. Like, I could, I could easily see Cornette like ten years from now needing a cane to get around. Right. Easily. No figure. Yeah. Um, the the last thing I want to talk about today is it was also the other biggest thing in wrestling. Uh, Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada had a six point two five star match. They topped the oh, Wrestle Kingdom oh, effort. Oh, 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 oh. I have not seen this match. I don't know the finish, so do I need to, like, tag out? We won't talk about the finish. We're going to talk about the reactions okay. to the match. I know the finish, but I haven't seen the match. Okay. Okay. So, I I will do my best to... Um, describe the match. To describe the match. It. Yes. Uh, athletically, okay. it's absolutely insane. The... There is a story in it for those that like to, you know... Uh, accuse uh, matches in New Japan of not having stories, and you know, there's definitely oh, that, that stuff's always garbage, right? Um, they laid the foundation, like, it was my silent prediction that they would outdo the Tokyo Dome. Now, the the reaction based on you know, those that like the match, some people say they don't think they outdid the Tokyo Dome. I saw it, I watched it without the sound in a nightclub and saw it, and I was blown away, so I need to watch it with the commentary and get the whole thing, but Meltzer gave it a 6.25, and I just felt like there was so much fury and vitriol and just anger at this. I'm like, why are y'all mad? It's like you don't want wrestling to get better. <laughs> like, well, there, like, even if it, like... There are Vince McMahon marks out there that... They don't like it's at times it seems like they don't want to hear praise for anything but WWE. Now, the thing with like people accuse Meltzer of having a New Japan bias, but I would challenge those people to listen to actually what he says and then watch the matches for yourself. And they're just ratings like you don't need to to freak out about them like in a negative way where it's like that's absolute garbage that's ridiculous like that's it's one guy's rating that happens yeah never mind that ratings are subjective yeah right and also that happens to be like you know the most famous pro wrestling journalist alive and been doing this for 35 years and has rated hundreds of of thousands of matches so (laughs) so are you saying you think he knows what he's talking about? Is that what you're saying? I feel like he does. <laughs> I feel I feel like he's a guy that that we can depend on to to tell us like, yeah, you might want to check this out because you know I have this this scale where I rate classic matches and this broke the scale. So I think you might want to you know check him out on that. I, I think the thing for me that like gets me with like he has such a bias for New Japan is like, all right, so. AJ goes to Japan for two years, right? Yep. He goes to Japan for two years. He wins his rest of the year. 
He's in a bunch of crazy matches with, with you know, in how like you know four and a half star matches, all that sort of stuff. And then he comes to WWE and he has a whole bunch of four star matches as well. So it's like, like, how come AJ didn't get like this this, this gigantic bump when he went to New Japan? Mm-hmm. Is that there's only one for Japanese wrestlers? <laughs> or Omega? Yeah, or Omega apparently. Like, I mean, it's like, hey man, like, you watch WWE, you watch big WWE matches, or like you like the best WWE matches of the year, and then you put them up against the best New Japan matches, and you can't tell me that the WWE matches are let me first say, you can't tell me that New Japan matches aren't on the same level as the WWE matches, if not better. You just can't. It's it's like you listen or believe what your eyes show you, um, <laughs> and don't be. I feel like people they want they're they're stuck in their wrestling that they've grown up with, and this is old timers as well. Like they're stuck in their wrestling. Like this is how things used to be. Things need to be quote unquote old school. Like it doesn't. Like it's an it's performance art. Exactly. And the thing, right. And the thing that I don't but I don't the thing that I don't really understand with that is like if you watch WWE wrestling now over the last three years or so, yeah. their big matches are a whole hell of a lot more like New Japan big matches than let's say Austin and um than let's say Austin Rock right. fifteen or seventeen years ago or or let's say tw- yeah, seventeen years ago, or um, Brett versus Austin at WrestleMania thirteen. The matches are, like their matches are a version of this faster pace, harder hitting, more athletic style. You know, like so. I don't. I don't really. You know, I don't really get it. Yeah, I, I don't get. I don't get like the older folks that are like yeah, you know. Like the American guys wrestle almost, you know, pretty similar to the Jap- Japanese guys, but the Americans know what they're doing. The Japanese guys don't. Like it's, it, to me, it's like I don't see I don't see the disconnect there. Other than like <laughs> just hating. There's just a bias there, and a lot of people. And this is a problem in the IWC just in general. Um, no matter what opinion you have, everyone assumes it's you know it's me against this person. And you can't enjoy both things, you know. That's some people seem to think that you can't just. Not everything can be good, apparently, you know. And some stuff has to not be good too. It's like it's like you don't have to kind of just accept everything. Like it exactly, it's, it's yeah, not, I, I agree in that. It's <laughs> not how it works at all. <laughs> but I'm not here saying Jinder Mahal's having six star classics in Tokyo. <laughs> I feel like someone's gonna say it. And then I'm gonna rants lose my will. my damn mind. Lo- love your rants, but he's gonna say that. Oh man, uh, like it's just for me. It's like, all right, so it, like you can know you know like people get into the insults back and forth because they're trying to like they're like they can't like really use their words to articulate their points, so then they go to insults. So it's like you start seeing like the guys like Al Snow from this week and oh, saying yeah, like, you know, I, you know, <laughs> talk about, you know, the insider stuff has like ruined the business or you know, guys say that, you know, 
I think it was Road Dog that like insulting fans about how they, they don't know how to judge matches. Or, I mean, Road you know, Dog, ju- like that. he was talking to me. <laughs> yeah, it is like, okay, so we don't know how to judge matches, even though like all the matches that WWE ever touts out whenever they come up with their WWE.com list for greatest matches all the time, or also like the matches that like WWE sells for most of their greatest matches all the time, you know? So it's like, I don't see like. If this, if, if we aren't looking at it with the same eyes, then this must be like I don't know what this is. Like, is this bungee jumping? But like, what, you, you see, here's the thing: it's bungee they jumping. can enjoy it better. They can enjoy it better because they're in the business. But since we're not in the business, we can't properly enjoy these things. You know? Yeah. You know, fans, we have no right. idea what, what <laughs> you know the thousands of yeah, matches you know, we watch. You know, we only we only spend you know however many dollars it takes to to be able to see this stuff. Yeah, but we can't enjoy it at all. We don't. We don't have a full appreciation of it, even though you know <sighs> we've talked about wrestling for like an hour now. Yep. Uh, Go figure. Yeah, I, I think that's a good place to kind of wrap it up before we dis- descend into a hole um, of, of, of ripping yeah. the uh, Just a, a never-ending hole of wrestling conversation. Yes, uh, Kayla, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug or promote while you're here? You know what? I'm going to plug my own Twitter real quick. That's at RealCalB54. At RealCalB54. Follow me, guys. I'm going to send some bad tweets, and hopefully they'll crack you up. For sure, man. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Um, uh, make sure I appreciate you... being here. For sure, man. Long time coming. Um, the... <sighs> I'm going to get around to writing something soon. I don't know when. I've been saying this for about... I haven't written since uh, after WrestleMania with that Roman Reigns and Undertaker Larry Holmes column. But I feel like something's coming for SummerSlam. We'll see. Uh, James, you got anything you want to add before we get up out of here? Uh, no. Um, I would just say that I wish that internet wrestling Twitter was as fun as NBA Twitter during the... Uh, during the, 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 I guess, the hot stove season. But other than that, you know, I don't really have anything else to say. I'm out. Cool, man. Uh, well, make sure you guys, uh, I will be, I did, uh, if you want to hear a couple shows I did, I was on Chad Matthews' show on lordsofpain.net uh, or LLPU Radio uh, following Extreme Rules. So we talked on there, and then I will be on there following WWE Great Balls of Fire. Yes, I had to say that out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> but Goodness that's gracious. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, that's going to wrap up the show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We will see you next time. Hey, quick question. Yeah. Like, have you seen, like, some of the imaging and some of the stuff they've done for, like, I guess like the aesthetic of what the look and feel is going to be for the pay-per-view of what they're going for, for, uh, for great balls of fire. I, I, I've seen, um, two balls that look in, you know, something, it looks like a dick and balls on the logo. Okay. I'm just going to ignore what you just said, but and go what I was going to say, because what you just did was just so like, okay. Um, yeah. So like, it's, it's, it's a lot of like, Drive-in theater, jukeboxes, malt shops. Oh, okay, that's what you're uh, talking gotcha. Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, Cadillacs, at you know cars that dro- with drop tops or whatever. Uh, you know, in the 50, a lot of fifties rock and roll type stuff. And it's like it makes you think like, wow, Vince out here trying to make America great again. 
<laughs> yes. And Vince's America, FYC, does not stand for fuck your couch. It stands for fuck your cousin. Wow. <laughs> hey, hey, that's Jerry Lee Lewis, man. I'm not making it up. Yeah. That's amazing. It, was, it, was like a 14, it wasn't like a 14-year-old cousin he married. Minor. She was a minor for sure. Oh, yeah, she was man. like 14. Oh, man. He was a grown-ass man. <sighs> I, I guess the only thing I can say about that aesthetics thing, James, is they're seeing who their demographics are, and they're seeing like a, a lot of over forty-year-olds that are watching, and they want to throw something back, you know, way back there. But for the rest of us, we will remain confused and puzzled. Um, oh, so he out here, so he's out here like, uh, what do you say? He's out here pandering to the uh, to what do you say? Uh, the people that that are without there with that uh, with that quote-unquote uh, economic anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, you know, economic anxiety. Okay. On that note, we're going to leave that there. <laughs> and we're going to get up out of here. Peace. Later. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.